Psalm 45, Part 4 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2, by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 45, Part 4. 23. Verse 8. Out of thy garments is the smell of myrrh, amber, and cassia, out of thy ivory palaces, whereby king's daughters have made thee glad. Choose whichever you please, ivory palaces, or magnificent, or royal palaces, it is out of these that the king's daughters have made Christ glad. Would you understand the spiritual sense of ivory palaces? Understand by them the magnificent houses and tabernacles of God, the hearts of the saints. And by these selfsame kings, those who rule their flesh, who bring into subjection to themselves the rebellious commonality of human affections, who chastise the body and reduce it to bondage. For it is from these that the daughters of kings have made him glad." For all the souls that have been born through their preaching and evangelizing are daughters of kings, and the churches, as the daughters of apostles, are daughters of kings. For he is king of kings, they themselves kings of whom it was said, Ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. They preached the word of truth, and begat churches not for themselves, but for him. With this mystery is connected what is written in the law, if a man's brother die, let his brother take his wife and raise up seed to his brother. Let his brother take his wife and raise up seed to his brother. Christ said, Say unto my brethren. In the Psalms he said, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Christ died, rose again, ascended, became absent in the body. His brethren have taken his wife to beget children by the preaching of the gospel, not by themselves, but by the gospel, for their brother's name's sake. For in Christ Jesus, through the gospel, saith he, have I begotten you. Therefore, as raising up seed to their brother, to as many as they begat, they gave the name not of Paulians or Petrians, but of Christians. Observe whether that sense is not wakefully kept in these verses, for when he said, out of the ivory palaces he spake of mansions royal, ample, honourable, peaceful, like the hearts of the saints. He added, Whereby the king's daughters have made thee glad in thine honour. They are indeed daughters of kings, daughters of thine apostles, but still in thine honour, for they raised up seed to their brother. Hence Paul, when he saw those whom he had raised up unto his brother, running after his own name, exclaimed, Was Paul crucified for you? For what saith the law? Let the son which is born bear the name of him that is dead. Let him be born to him that is dead, be called by the name of him that is dead. This precept of the law Paul retains. Those who wish to be called by his name, he checks, saying, Was Paul crucified for you? Look at him who is dead. Was Paul crucified for you? What then? When thou didst beget them, haply thou didst bestow thine own name upon them. No, for he says, Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? The daughters of kings have made thee glad in thine honour. 
keep, hold fast this in thine honour. This is meant by having a wedding garment, seeking his honour, his glory. Understand, moreover, by kings' daughters, the cities, which were founded by kings and have received the faith, and out of the ivory palaces, palaces rich, the proud, the lifted up. Kings' daughters have made thee glad in thine honour, in that they sought not the honour of their founders, but have sought thine honour. Show me at Rome a temple of Romulus, held in so great honour, as I can show you the monument of Peter. In Peter, who is honoured but he who died for us? For we are followers of Christ, not followers of Peter. And even if we were born from the brother of him that is dead, yet are we named after the name of him who is dead. We were begotten by the one, but begotten to the other. Behold, Rome, Carthage, and several other cities are the daughters of kings, and yet have they made glad the king in his honour, and all these make up one single queen. 24. What a nuptial song! Behold, in the midst of songs, full of rejoicing, comes forth the bride herself. For the bridegroom was coming. It was he who was being described. It was on him all our attention was fixed. Verse 9. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen. She which stands on the left is no queen, for there will be one standing on the left also, to whom it will be said, Go into everlasting fire. But she shall stand on the right hand, to whom it will be said, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. On thy right hand did stand the queen, in a vesture of gold, clothed about with diverse colours. What is the vesture of this queen? It is one both precious and also of diverse colours. It is the mysteries of doctrine in all the various tongues, one African, one Syrian, one Greek, one Hebrew, one this and one that. It is these languages that produce the diverse colours of this vesture. But just as all the diverse colours of the vesture blend together in the one vesture, so do all the languages in one and the same faith. In that vesture, let there be diversity, let there be no rent. See, we have understood the diverse colours of the diversity of tongues, and the vesture to refer to unity, but in that diversity itself what is meant by the gold? Wisdom itself. Let there be any diversity of tongues you please, but there is but one gold that is preached of, not a different gold, but a different form of that gold. For it is the same wisdom, the same doctrine and discipline that every language preaches, in the languages there is diversity, gold in the thoughts. 25. The prophet addresses this queen, for he delights in singing to her, and moreover each one of us, provided, however, we know where we are, and endeavour to belong to that body, and do belong to it in faith and hope, being united in the membership of Christ. For it is us whom he addresses, saying, Hearken, O daughter, and behold, as being one of the fathers, for they are daughters of kings, although it be a prophet, or although it be an apostle that is addressing her, addressing her as a daughter, for we are accustomed to speak in this way, our fathers, the prophets, our fathers, the apostles. If we address them as fathers, they may address us as children, and it is one father's voice addressing one daughter. Hearken, O daughter, and see, hear first, afterwards see, for they came to us with the gospel, and that has been preached to us, 
which as yet we do not see, and which on hearing of it we believed, which by believing it we shall come to see, even as the bridegroom himself speaks in the prophet, a people whom I have not known served me, in the hearing of me, with the ear it obeyed me. What is meant by on hearing of it with the ear? That they did not see. The Jews saw him and crucified him. The Gentiles saw him not and believed. Let the queen who comes from the Gentiles come in the vesture of gold, clothed with diverse colors. Let her come from among the Gentiles clad in all languages, in the unity of wisdom. Let it be said unto her, Hearken, O daughter, and see. If thou wilt not hear, thou shalt not see. Hear that thou mayest purify the heart by faith, as the apostle speaks in the Acts of the Apostles, purifying their hearts by faith. For it is to this end we hearken to that we are to believe, before we see it, that by believing we may purify the heart, whereby we may be able to see. Hear that thou mayest believe, purify the heart by faith. And when I have purified the heart, what shall I see? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Verse 10. Hearken, O daughter, and see, and incline thine ear. It is not enough to hearken, hearken with humility, bow down thine ear. Forget also thine own people, and thy father's house. There was a certain people, and a certain house of thy father, in which thou wast born, the people of Babylon, having the devil for thy king. Whensoever the Gentiles came, they came from their father the devil. But they have renounced their sonship to the devil. Forget also thine own people, and thy father's house. He, in making thee a sinner, begat thee loathsome. The other, in that he justifies the ungodly, begetteth thee again in beauty. Forget thine own people and thy father's house. 26. Verse 11. For the king hath greatly desired thy beauty. What beauty is that, save that which is his own work? Greatly desired the beauty. Of whom? Of her the sinner, the unrighteous, the ungodly, such as she was with her father, the devil, and among her own people. No, but hers of whom it is said, Who is this that cometh up made white? She was not white then at the first, but was made white afterwards. For though your sins shall be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. The king has greatly desired thy beauty. What king is this? for he is the Lord thy God. Now consider whether thou oughtest not to forego that thy father and thine own people, and to come to this king, who is thy God. Thy God is thy king, thy king is also thy bridegroom. Thou weddest to thy king, who is thy God, being endowed by him, being adorned by him, redeemed by him, and healed by him. Whatever thou hast, wherewith to be pleasing to him, thou hast from him. 27. Verse 12. And the daughters of Tyre shall worship him with gifts. It is that selfsame king, who is thy God, that the daughters of Tyre shall worship with gifts. The daughters of Tyre are the daughters of the Gentiles, the part standing for the whole. Tyre, a city bordering on this country, where the prophecy was delivered, typified the nations that were to believe in Christ. Thence came that Canaanitish woman, who was at first called a dog, for that ye may know that she was from thence, the gospel speaks thus. He departed into the parts of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan, 
came out of the same coasts with all the rest that is related there she who at first at the house of her father and among her own people was but a dog who by coming to and crying after that king was made beautiful by believing in him what did she obtain to hear o woman great is thy faith the king has greatly desired thy beauty and the daughters of tyre shall worship with gifts with what gifts even so would this king be approached and would have his treasuries filled and it is he himself who has given us that wherewith they may be filled and may be filled by you let them come he says and worship him with gifts what is meant by with gifts lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth destroy and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither thief nor moth spoileth for where your treasure is there will your heart be also come with gifts give alms and all things are clean unto you come with gifts to him that saith i will have mercy rather than sacrifice to that temple that existed aforetime as a shadow of that which was to come they used to come with bulls and rams and goats with every different kind of animal for sacrifice that with that blood one thing should be done and another be typified by it now that very blood which all these things used to figure hath come the king himself hath come and he himself would have your gifts what gifts arms for he himself will judge hereafter and will himself hereafter account gifts to certain persons come he says ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world why i was and hungered and ye gave me meat i was thirsty and ye gave me drink naked and ye clothed me a stranger and ye took me in sick and in prison and ye visited me these are the gifts with which the daughters of tyre worship the king for when they said when saw we thee he who is at once above and below whence those ascending and descending are spoken of said inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of mine ye have done it unto me twenty eight the daughters of tyre shall worship him with gifts and who the daughters of tyre are and how they are to worship him with gifts he would explain more clearly saying the rich among the people shall entreat thy face these daughters of tyre who worship with gifts are the rich among the people whom that friend of the bridegroom addresses charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living god who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that they be rich in good works ready to distribute willing to communicate let them worship with gifts but they are not losing what they give they are in full security placing them where they will always be able to find them that they lay up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on the true life it is by worshipping with gifts they will entreat thy face for it is to the church they flock together and there give their alms they that may not come to be without i.e that themselves may not come to stand without let them give their alms to the church for so will the face of this bride and queen be favourable to those who do them therefore it was that those who sold their property came with presents to entreat the face of this queen and laid what they brought at the apostles feet 
Warm, then, was love in the church. The face of the queen was then the church. The face of the queen was the reverence of the daughters of Tyre, of the rich that worshipped with presence. The rich among the people shall entreat thy face. Both they who shall entreat that face, and he whose face they will entreat, are all collectively but one bride, but one queen, mother, and children, belonging altogether unto Christ, belonging unto their head. 29. But inasmuch as these works and these alms may be done with a view to vainglory among men, therefore the Lord says, Take heed that ye do not your righteousness before men to be seen of them. But how they ought nevertheless to be done publicly in the face of the bride, he expresses, saying, Let your works so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not that ye should seek your own glory in the good works which ye do in public, but that ye may seek the glory of God. And who, says someone, knows whether I seek God's glory or my own? I am seen to give to the poor, but from what motive I give who sees? Let that one who sees thee suffice thee. He sees thee, who will reward thee. He loveth inwardly, who seeth inwardly. He loveth inwardly, let him be also loved inwardly who is the author of that inward beauty itself, be not delighted with the outward eyes, so to speak, that thou art seen, that thou art praised. Observe what follows here. Verse 13. All the glory of her, the king's daughter, is from within. Not only is her robe outwardly of gold and of diverse colours, but he who loved her beauty knew her to be also beautiful within. What are those inward charms? Those of conscience. It is there Christ sees, it is there Christ loves her, it is there he addresses her, there punishes, there crowns. Let then thine alms be done in secret, for all the glory of her the king's daughter is from within. With fringes of gold, clothed with diverse colours, her beauty is from within, yet in the fringes of gold is the diversity of languages, the beauty of doctrine. What do these avail, if there be not that beauty from within? 30. The virgins shall be brought unto the king after her. It has been fulfilled indeed. The church has believed, the church has been formed throughout all nations. And to what a degree do virgins now seek to find favour in the eyes of that king? Whence are they moved to do so, even because the church preceded them? The virgins shall be brought unto the king after her. Her near kinswomen shall be brought unto thee. For they that are brought unto him are not strangers, but her near kinswomen that belong to her. And because he had said unto the king, he says, turning the discourse to him, her near kinswomen shall be brought unto thee. 31 verse 15 With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought, and shall be led into the temple of the king. The temple of the king is the church itself, it is the church itself that enters into the temple of the king. Whereof is that temple constructed? Of the men who enter the temple? Who but God's faithful ones are its living stones? They shall be led into the temple of the king. For there are virgins without the temple of the king, the nuns among the heretics. They are virgins, it is true, but what will that profit them unless they be led into the temple of the king? The temple of the king is in unity. The temple of the king is not ruinous is not rent asunder, is not divided. The cement of those living stones is charity. 
32. They shall be led into the temple of the king. Verse 16. Instead of thy father's children are born to thee. Nothing can be more manifest. Now consider the temple of the king itself, for it is on its behalf he speaks, on account of the unity of the body that is spread throughout all the world. For those very persons who have chosen to be virgins cannot find favour with the king unless they be led into the temple of the king. Instead of thy fathers are thy children born to thee. It was the apostles begat thee. They were sent. They were the preachers. They are the fathers. But was it possible for them to be with us in the body forever? Although one of them said, I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, to abide in the flesh is necessary for your sakes. It is true he said this, but how long was it possible for him to remain here? Could it be till this present time? Could it be to all futurity? Is the church then left desolate by their departure? God forbid. Instead of thy fathers, children have been born to thee. What is that? Instead of thy fathers, children have been born to thee. The apostles were sent to thee as fathers, instead of the apostles' sons have been born to thee. There have been appointed bishops. For in the present day, whence do the bishops throughout all the world derive their origin? The church itself calls them fathers. The church itself brought them forth and placed them on the thrones of the fathers. Think not thyself abandoned, then, because thou seest not Peter, nor seest Paul, seest not those through whom thou wert born. Out of thine own offspring has a body of fathers been raised up to thee. Instead of thy fathers have children been born to thee. Thou shalt make them princes over all the earth. Observe how widely diffused is the temple of the king, that the virgins that are not led to the temple of the king may know that they have nothing to do with that marriage. Instead of thy fathers, have thy children been born to thee, thou shalt make them princes over all the earth. This is the universal church. Her children have been made princes over all the earth. Her children have been appointed instead of the fathers. Let those who are cut off own the truth of this. Let them come to the one body. Let them be led into the temple of the king. God hath established his temple everywhere, hath laid everywhere the foundations of the prophets and apostles. The church has brought forth sons, has made them instead of her fathers, to be princes over all the earth. 33. Verse 17. They shall be mindful of thy name in every generation and generation. Therefore shall the peoples confess unto thee. What does it profit then to confess indeed, and yet to confess out of the temple? What does it profit to pray, and yet not to pray on the mount? I cried, says he, unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Out of what hill? Out of that of which it is said, A city set up on a hill cannot be hid. Of what hill? Out of that hill which Daniel saw grow out of a small stone, and break all the kingdoms of the earth, and cover all the face of the earth. There let him pray who hopes to receive. There let him ask who would have his prayer heard. There let him confess who wishes to be pardoned. Therefore shall the peoples confess unto thee forever, world without end. For in that eternal life, it is true indeed, there will no longer be the mourning over sins, but yet in the praises of God, by that everlasting city which is above, there will not be wanting a perpetual confession of the greatness of that happiness. For to that city itself, to which another psalm sings, Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. 
to her as the very bride of christ the very queen a king's daughter and a king's consort inasmuch as its princes are mindful of her name in every generation and generation i e so long as this age which takes many generations to complete it is passing by taking in her behalf a charitable care that being redeemed from this world she may reign with god everlastingly the peoples shall for this very cause confess even to herself the hearts of all now enlightened by perfect charity being laid bare and made manifest that she may know the whole of herself most completely who here is in many parts of her unknown to herself whence we are admonished by the apostle to judge nothing before the time until the lord come and bring to light the things hidden of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the heart and every man have praise of god for the holy city itself will be as it were confessing to herself when her several peoples of which she consists shall be confessing everlastingly unto the city herself so that in no single part shall she be concealed from herself there being no person within her of whom any part is hid end of psalm forty five part four